Welcome to The The Get Together. Together. It's our show about the nuts and bolts, the ins and outs, the brass tacks of community building. And I am your host. (laughs) I'm Bailey Richardson. I'm a partner at People & Company, and I'm a co-author with this guy of a new book called Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People. It's available right now on Amazon. Yeah, I'm Kevin Huynh, also partner at People & Company, also author of Get Together, which is also on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Each episode, we interview everyday people who have built extraordinary communities about just how they did it. How did they get the first people to show up? How did they grow to thousands more members? And today we're recording our podcast out of listening party at Canal Street Market. We're in this like fishbowl glass situation uh, right in Soho in New York City. There are vendors outside. Our friends that we just interviewed are out there. <laughs> All that Walking good stuff. by, ignoring us. What's up, Christy? Um, today we're talking to Christy Mack and Katerina Jang, founders of Slanted. Back in 2017, a piece of advice from Eddie Huang inspired Christy and Katerina. He said, if spaces don't exist for you, kick the door down and create them. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Chrissy and Kat didn't see themselves in mainstream media. They wanted a place to share personal stories, not about celebrities, but told by real Asian American peers. So they decided to kick down the door and create their own space. I realized that people were having these conversations that I always had with myself and not out in the open. And I saw all these amazing stories and all these amazing conversations happening. And I was like, this needs to be out into the world. Like, why doesn't this exist in a public place? When they did, they unlocked a groundswell of energy. They decided on a humble zine to start with, which quickly turned into a magazine, backed by a passionate set of crowdfunders. When they hosted a magazine launch party, it blew up too. They turned that launch party into a thriving event series. We'll get into the nitty gritty of how they got Slanted off the ground and how they're exploring building Slanted as a business. But first, Kev, what stuck out with you about our time with Kat and Chrissy? It's simple, just their willingness to take action. Their community itself is dear to me. Uh, not only did I get to coach them and talk about their strategy with the ambassador program they're launching, but you know, also as a fellow Asian American, what they're doing just means a lot to me. And to get into putting together their for, first like crowdfunding campaign to launch their first issue and then deciding to host a launch party and then suddenly realizing like, yo, there's so much magic in this launch party and then doing like four more and, and mixing up the, the formats you know, sometimes you start something and water comes rushing in. Everyone is into it that you ever dreamed of. Sometimes you start something and it's not that case. Sometimes it's somewhere in the middle, but you really don't know until you try. And I think at that early stage, it's important, of course, to be strategic, to try to create something purposeful. But at the same time, there is no substitute for action. Absolutely. All right. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Christy, Kat, welcome to the podcast. We're so stoked to have you here in the midst of Canal Street Market. And uh, I want to kick this thing off the way we always kick our podcast off, which is that Kevin has this wonderful saying that he says, which is, you can't fake the funk. Anyone who's leading a community has a personal passion and a reason why they're doing it. So I want to just get into personally, you know, who are you guys and why does Slanted exist? Why were you the ones to bring this into the world? I'm Kat, co-founder and CEO of Slanted. I'm also a double cancer. So I'm a cancer moon and a cancer sun and a Scorpio rising for all y'all astrology fans out there. Can you break that down? Because I think (laughs) Kevin and I are uh, idiots in the room on that one. (laughs) Honestly, I'm going to get, I might get this wrong, but your cancer sun is who you present outwardly to the world. Nope. Your sun sign. Okay. Chrissy, <laughs> please correct me. Chrissy, uh, astro- the uh, police over here. This is where we're good partners. <laughs> <laughs> 
leave Kat to the big picture thinking. Leave Christy to bringing the signage. Okay, yes. great. Um, <laughs> so the sun sign is actually what you aspire to be. It's like when you're at your best, that's what you are. Your moon is like your shadow side. So it's a side that most mm. people don't get to see. The people Ooh. who are the closest to you will see that. And it kind of dictates your mood and your emotions. Light and dark. Yeah. Mm. Mm, I see that. I know what you're doing. And then your rising or your ascendant is the projection that you put into the world. So it's really oh. what people see and like the impression that they have of you. Yeah. All right. But now we can try again. What does that mean about your personality? What should we know about you? Um, I'm extremely sensitive, loyal. Mm. I'm a homebody. I love sleep. And I, love sleep I, too. I feel you, girl. I care a lot. I have a lot of feelings. Mm. And I think that's why we're so passionate about Slanted because it's such a deeply personal project. Mm. And I feel like I'm not just fighting for me. I'm fighting for everyone in the community. And I think that's really what drives us and makes us passionate about what we do. And then Scorpio is like a little bit of a crazy side. Mm. So I think that comes out in my rebelliousness. Like I've not really had a linear career path and I've always been an individualist. And so Mm. this is why I'm like, fuck the nine to five. Let's just do our own damn thing. Chrissy, what, what about you? So many reasons, but I actually think, I mean, we're both obsessed with astrology and I actually think my signs can help with that story hmm. too. So I'm a Pisces sun, a Gemini moon and an Aries rising. And for a very, very long time, I never identified with my Pisces side. And Pisces are typically known as like really dreamy, really romantic and really fucking creative. And for a long time growing up, I repressed that creativity. Like I chose the very traditional like Asian American success path of like taking every damn AP class there was out there, being in every extracurricular, going to a really great university for a job that I ended up really hating. And I left that job because I was really craving that creativity. And I feel like Slanted has helped me rediscover that. And for our entire team, that's what Slanted was doing for them in the way beginning. We were sitting in bars and restaurants talking about our identity in ways that we weren't thinking about it before. We were like, oh, what's it like to grow up with certain Asian values? Or, oh my God, you had that same experience growing up. I never met someone who had that same experience as me. Or like, I'm now dating someone who's not my race and I want to learn and ask all these questions about that. And they're not curious and interested either. And so it was one of these things where it just organically just like took over our lives. We were like, so much about our identity is unknown. We're also tired of our corporate jobs. Like, could we find a creative outlet for ourselves to tap into who we are and what makes us creative? I think after that, we realized the impact it had on us. We could totally spread that gospel to other parts of our community. That's why we are so focused on experiences now, because we realize that community, the magic happens when you're there in person. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm not super into astrology. I I don't know that much about it. But as you just explained it, first off, you guys are the first people on the podcast that have introduced themselves with their their signs. But it's interesting because I guess it's sort of a way to understand the complete version of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? It's like the primary thing you present, something you hide, something emergent. And I feel like part of Slanted is, hey, let's not just take one lane or one dimension of who people perceive us to be, but like really flex in all those different directions. So, but is that, I mean, why are you guys into astrology? You should explain it to me. What's your, what's your vibe on it? I think even if it doesn't resonate with you as truthful, it gives you something interesting to think about and something to reflect on. Mm -hmm. So even if let's say you pull your cards in the morning, your tarot cards, and they don't, you're not quite sure what they mean. It's a good starting point for reflecting on, does this relate to me? Does it relate to someone in my life? Does it relate to a situation? It's just a very good tool for mindfulness Mm -hmm. and reflection. Astrology Mm -hmm. as 
provocation. So you guys have started Slanted Media and you started primarily with the magazine, right? Uh, with the zine first. I also want to know the moment. Like yeah. I want to understand like if there was there like a moment where it's like we're doing this and where was it and what it looked like. Let's start with that. So backing up a tiny bit, we're actually kind of resetting our business and we won't be calling ourselves Slanted Media okay. moving forward. Um, we're actually Big news. Yes, Evolution. huge news. This is like the one of the first public announcements of that. So this wow. is exciting. Um, but we're actually calling ourselves a collective. Why is that? What's the difference? We really honed in on what we're passionate about doing, what drives our team and what our community needs. And so we thought we were a media company because we had outside voices telling us that that's probably what we are. But when we thought about mm. our backgrounds and our expertise, that didn't quite match up. So now we're focusing on content, which is our literary magazine, which is what we started with, as well as community experiences, because that in-person magic is just so incredible for creating change, creating that sense of belonging and really providing a space for our community that hasn't existed until now. Right now is prime yeah. time for what we're doing. Can we go into that a little more? But it's so evident to me, and I am just, for all the listeners, I'm white, but it's so evident to me that being Asian, ex-American, or just like Asian in New York City specifically is so vibrant right now. I can feel it in the air. Is that what you're saying? Is like the cultural emergence is happening right now and you feel the urgency to act on that? Absolutely. It's definitely the cultural emergence if you look at food, music, fashion, yeah. Asian culture is just rising to prominence in America, but it's also the market. So there were so many similar companies to us, I want to say like maybe 10 years ago. Really? Magazines that have hmm. gone out of business, other Asian American organizations that no longer exist, sadly. And I think it's because the market wasn't ripe hmm. at that time. But now the market is here. We have purchasing power. People hmm. are interested in what we have to sell and to offer and to create. And I'm hoping that this is sort of like the Asian American renaissance where some of these companies and our company has legs and can become sustainable mm. and become a business that will last for years and years to come. You guys are giving your platform away to your audience. So a lot of people try to take public figures or significant news and sort of create a following through those sort of like famous folks and sending their news out to people. Mm. And I love that you guys are actually saying, hey, the people who read this magazine, the people who come to our events are also the folks we're going to put up on a podium. Tell me a little bit about how you see that decision and why you guys are doing that. In the beginning, in full transparency, we were showcasing everyday people because that's who we knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, the power of those conversations that we had at those bars and those restaurants, that shit is what stuck with us. And we were like, you know, if the four or five of us are having these conversations, chances are other people in the community are too. So like, why don't we just create a space for that? Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. It just speaks to the fact that this market is hungry yeah. for a space to be seen, to be heard, and just to get someone to give them a chance. And so the collective is a really nice way for us to frame kind of like we're all in this together. We have a shared vision. We want to help each other. I think being in this space has made me realize how generous this community is. And we talk about New York being ground zero for a lot of this work. Every conversation I had since starting Slanted with Cat has led to amazing insights and amazing connections. Like every person's like, you know what? I got five more 
more people that you have to meet. And it just, it multiplies. And I think we're just ready for that. And the collective is just a really nice way to think about like what power we have as one unit. Our form of activism is through creativity. And that's core to how we started. And just giving someone a space to be seen, to be heard, to share their story, like that's a form of activism in itself. And it feels right for us. I'm always really interested in how people take those first steps to get started. Can you kind of tell the story of just the how you guys got the very first version of Slanted off the ground? It was very organic. So we didn't come into this with a grand vision and a grand plan. I used to say that we were naive about it, but now I like to think of it as fate and a great hmm. gut feeling. So Christy and I actually only met once before we decided to start Slanted, which hmm. when people hear about, yeah. think that we're crazy because typically a co-founder relationship does need to be extremely solid for a company to be successful. And so we took that chance on each other because we had such an incredible first conversation. Hmm. We were introduced by a mutual friend where I think we were there for like two hours just chatting about life and moving and establishing yourself in a new city and trying to find that community and, and what it's like and how it's hard for a lot of people who are our age trying to find themselves in, in a new city. And so Christy invited me to a Facebook group that she had started with our mutual friend called Project Boat. And it was just a very open platform for us to talk about what's going on in the news with Asian Americans, to ask for advice if something happened to us like a microaggression on the street or something that happened with our parents. Mm. It was the first time where I realized that people were having these conversations that I always had with myself and not out mm. in the open. And I saw all these amazing stories in this Facebook group and all these amazing conversations happening. And I was like, this needs to be out into the world. Mm -hmm. Like, why doesn't this exist in a public place? So I put together a humble spreadsheet and I was like, does anyone want to start a zine? And Christy, <laughs> of course, dropped in so many incredible ideas and she was super excited about it. And so we decided to partner together to launch a Kickstarter campaign for issue one of our literary magazine. Christy assembled an incredible team that's still with us today, two years later, helping us drive this thing. We heard a similar, we were just interviewing your friend, Cassandra Lamb, who runs the Cosmos, which is a community for Asian We've been we're creators that y'all are repping right yeah, now. Yeah, we're all supporting each yeah. other. It feels good here at Listening Party. Yeah. But that origin story, too, is like Karen and I, you know, her co-founder, we met at Spread House and had this one hour coffee that turned into a three hour coffee and talked about all the things that we hadn't been we hadn't had an avenue to talk about before and decided very quickly we got to do something. Mm. You know, a co-founder relationship has to be strong in order to continue to make something. But I think there's something about y'all hitting the same wavelength at the same time and having the same appetite to do something about it. That's alchemy. That's like, yeah, seize mm -hmm. that. If that happens, it's it's special. And that's what drives you for years to come. Like that passion yeah. is the reason why you can burn out and get up again and keep doing it. And Christy and I have worked on our relationship so much. It's like a marriage. It's not like you find one partner and they're the perfect fit for you. It's work constantly, time over time, as mm -hmm. you change, learning how the other person works and is motivated and communicates. And so I view our relationship almost like a marriage where it's not about who you choose. It's about how you work and grow with that mm. person. Mm. Bailey, do you see our business partner relationship <laughs> like, as a marriage? Well, what, I do what is feel your... like I am definitely spending as almost as much time with you as Yoko does. <laughs> but My fiance. I feel like our book is a baby sometimes. I know that's weird, but I'm like, we made this That is not together. weird at all. <laughs> not weird at yeah. all. We have like a legal contract. We're basically, I tell people we're married. Basically. <laughs> and I'm like, we go to couples therapy couples counseling like it takes work but to your point the alchemy 
me, it's like there was a chemistry and there was a connection that we felt on that first meeting. And that's the kind of connection we feel in the community. So we're mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. kind of what radiates out and same with our team. So yeah. I totally believe in that. Bailey, Bailey and I use the analogy drafting, like in cycling. So some days you come in and you're just like, you don't have the energy or you have a little more existential crisis or whatever. And if the other person like just has a bit more in their system, you can draft behind them. You know, you can let that person just like yeah. on your low days, they can drive the train a little bit and you can like draft off of that energy and allow it to pick you up. And then it's just going to switch. Sometimes yeah. you got like put the team on your back. And with, you know, in some days you're both just, no one can draft off each other and you're just like a puddle That's on a the floor. That's a meatball day or a boba day. Yeah, then, they, then we go yeah. to meatball shop and just, you know. <laughs> Circular food happens on those days. I want to just tap into the Kickstarter. What was that sort of like initial crowdfunding experience? I would say our crowdfund was friends, family, and fools. So we <laughs> rallied our personal networks and got the word out through who we knew and our friends and friends of friends. But it was a turning point because we actually raised our goal in less than 32 hours, which was $10,000. And then we raised over 17 grand in two weeks. Wow. And we actually met with someone at Kickstarter today and she was like, two weeks gives me anxiety. Like that's Mm. not enough time for a Kickstarter campaign, but Mm. we got lucky. And your whole campaign was two weeks. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. whole campaign was two weeks. And so, yeah. Now, now, now. (laughs) So that really convinced us that like, oh shit, people really want Mm -hmm. this. And this is something that is so needed today. Yeah, absolutely. So the other interesting thing about what happened with Slanted is that you guys launch a magazine and there was a launch party. Mm -hmm. And then the launch party just also happens to be super dope and become sort of catalyst for many other experiences. Can you tell us about that launch party and what made you say, oh, my God this is magic. We need to keep doing this. It was magical. That's exactly what I was, the <laughs> adjective that I was about to use, because that was another turning point where we realized that this is way bigger than a literary magazine. Mm. We sold out the Museum of Chinese in America and we thought maybe wow. 70 people and there were over 250 people there. And party crashers. Yeah. Party crashers, yeah. people at Good the sign. door trying to get <laughs> in and just feeling that incredible energy and seeing so many Asian Americans so excitedly chatting with each other connecting with each other in the same room was mind-blowing. I had never seen anything like that before. Did you guys do anything in the design, whether it was how you kind of told people about the event or designed the space to get people to really talk and engage like that? It was pretty organic. I mean, getting the word out was just, again, through friends and family. The space itself, I mean, we really loved being in a cultural institution because it also gave us a chance to showcase this amazing space and the architecture and the exhibits. And we designed like the VIP experience to be a more intimate view of the museum and they got to like learn and nerd out the way that we like to nerd out and have like a curated tour of the museum before all the fun really started to happen and it was just interesting like we had no idea what we were doing I mean every day we still don't feel like we know what we're doing building the plane while flying everybody's yeah. doing it they're lying if they say anything else unless yeah. they're a surgeon in which case I hope they don't say that yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they built the plane a few yeah. times yeah <laughs> the first party was really just kind of throwing something at the wall and seeing what stuck and then it was honestly just a chance for us we thought for our team to celebrate and it turns out that the magic was really seeing our community come together so like Kat said it was a turning point and I would say that the second launch party was definitely more intentional we wanted to showcase our contributors in a deeper more vulnerable way and so we had almost like a story slam or like an open mic situation where we brought some of the New York based contributors on stage and they got to read a piece of their story or 
even the whole thing, depending on how long it was. And I thought what made it really intimate this time around was that everyone just got down on the floor and just sat down like story time Hmm. and people were crying you could see like the emotion on everyone's faces and just the energy in the room just like kind of stood still for a second because everyone was so captivated and attentive to what was happening like yeah you had a room full of food and drinks in the back but like everyone was packed into the front lobby of the mocha just completely absorbed in everyone's stories i was there right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I I i was sitting on the floor crying right that was me. We also had launch parties in Denver, San Francisco, and LA for the first time, which wow. was really interesting to see how the different markets responded to it. Yeah, what were the differences? What did you notice? So many things. This this is a whole big ass conversation. But <laughs> so in Denver, which is actually where I live, we did a really intimate story slam, and there were about seventy five people there. We had an Asian American bluegrass singer perform, yeah, and then we had that. people come up from the community just share whatever was on their mind. And I was really nervous because I was like, are people going to come up and share? Yeah. So I planted two of my friends as seeds to come up and sort of start Mm. the party. And then once one person got down, another person got up and then they would get down and then another person would get up and then they would come down. And I was just shocked at how many people wanted to share Mm. and the diversity of stories they wanted to share as well. Such a cool way to make that participatory. I think very much that evening could have been like just the run of show that you had planned. And it's a little bit scary to leave this kind of space open for what people can participate or contribute in the room. But when you do is when some of that magic happens, some of that stuff that like, that's the alchemy. You just, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. And that's also what we did in LA. And it was a much more, almost like a guerrilla marketing vibe where we were at the Paquetto space in downtown LA. And we were all standing on the cashier box, just like standing up there telling (laughs) our stories. And it was so empowering to see people just be completely vulnerable with people that they're meeting for the very first time. It's so interesting to talk about like that, the launches and the early moments, because I think, you know, when I talk to different community leaders, the stories range the spectrum uh, from the, yo, I started this Facebook group for Nigerian women. And then the next day we had tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And then, then there's a person that starts something and it's like a run club, a run club. And, you know, <laughs> no one is coming to run. And then the next day, like maybe some of your sister's friends come. And then eventually today you're running like 300 people weekly, you know, in Washington Heights. And I feel like this is kind of no easy answer as far as like, it doesn't, it has to work immediately, but I think there's no substitute for action. You know, there's no substitute for, you got to do it and try. As long as you really, really care about it, that's a really good place to start. <laughs> that's been our MO for the past two years. We're like, we're just going to try everything and we're going to see what resonates and what mm. sticks. So all those launch parties, we had no idea what we were doing, yeah. but we're like, let's just throw a party in each of these cities mm. and see what happens. And now we're using those insights to sort of more formalize our signature experiences in the future and so we had a coaching session with coach kevin who's that (laughs) who that Who gave us some amazing advice, as well as Kyle from Creative Mornings about how can we empower other people to do this work, pass on that ownership, because this community belongs to all of us. And so we're thinking about that right balance between giving our brand ambassadors who will be helping us put on these events guidelines for what a signature experience looks like, but ultimately the freedom to create whatever they want and whatever the community around them wants. You just mentioned some key insights. What is like one thing from each of you that you know now as like a community organizer, as someone who is bringing people together that you didn't know before you started this work and you feel like is a deep truth for you? I'm just thinking about like a lot of the barriers that have stopped us from 
maybe doing or pursuing certain ideas or maybe like having a stop and think a little bit smaller. Like a lot of that actually goes back to some of these really innate even traumatic experiences as Asian Americans. Like, it's a lot of unlearning. Yeah, it's a I'm lot learning. of unlearning. For example, um, our team is amazing. We have a total team of 10. They're all volunteer-based. Uh, they run off of passion. And one big problem that they have is that they're all yes people. Mm. And we are really bad as a community about taking care of ourselves. We don't know how to say no, myself included. The first year, I didn't want to ask for help. I had to learn how to break down and be vulnerable and cry and ask for help and tell people I couldn't take on any more work or I had all this guilt that I carried and I thought it was just me. And then working in this community, I realized, no, it's not just me. This guilt is felt across the entire community. These actions of this desire to unlearn something, we don't even realize we have that, that we have the desire to unlearn it because that's just what we've always known. Mm. The inability to ask for help, not knowing like what the right boundary is. I mean, that mm. feels very innate to our community. And I didn't know that that existed before. That speaks to me with, as we run people and company, I've felt like my sort of growth over the last year or two has been unlearning some of the values and behaviors that my that were instilled to me by my parents and my upbringing that have been very productive so far, but aren't very productive in a entrepreneurial setting. Like when you have parents who are refugees that come here to survive, that are like saying yes to like the opportunities that come, whether it's like starting that laundromat or taking that job in another state and moving away from people. And then like optimizing for security when you're suddenly in a point where you're like, hey, I have the privilege to try to carve out a path and build something and, and galvanize a community in a way I want to, but it's going to be a little risky and it's going to involve having to be very selective about what I do and say no to some stuff that's going to make a lot of sense, like financially otherwise, and also maybe scare the hell out of my parents. It's a challenge and a balancing act and it's like a continued growth process. What's been really helpful for us, and I think really useful, is figuring out how to create spaces that give our community permission like to be bold, to be provocative, to be vulnerable, yeah. to fucking break down and realize like our parents had sacrificed a lot to give us this privilege to chase after what we want, to try out different things. Yeah. And it almost feels like we weren't given that permission before. And it's very self-imposed. And I yeah. feel like as a community builder now, it's like we're holding space for you. We're giving mm -hmm. you permission to just fucking run free and to figure out who you are. That has been really liberating. And I feel like when we chat with people at our events and we ask like what brought them there or like why are they here and reading between the lines it is permission they're like yeah. i'm getting permission to try and to dream and to think bigger I love and it's that. cool because we can see people in our community going through the same journey that we're going through so before starting slanted i was never proud to be asian american i grew up in a very white suburban neighborhood in long island and it wasn't until after i graduated college where i was like oh my gosh there's this whole side of me i'm not in touch with my culture heritage, what does it mean to be Asian American? And since starting that journey of self-discovery, I've learned and grown so much. And we get to see people who come to our events, we get to see like self-actualization happen before mm. our very eyes. And one thing that we're thinking about a lot is creativity. And we really want to teach everyone that you are creative in some shape or form. And especially with a traditional Asian American upbringing, we were raised to do everything for a reason. 
you would play violin to have mm. it on your resume and to get into all state like input for an output exactly yeah. like everything needs look good for college and look good for your jobs after college i'm reminiscing about like i wish i had more time as a kid to just play and to just have space to be creative and now that i'm an adult i can do that <laughs> myself but i i wonder what my life would have been like if i had that room as a child to be creative and, and to play and that's what we're hoping to do at slanted yeah. is to show others that they can do that too and you don't have to do something for a productive reason you can just do it and just be i feel like you guys are getting more playful and younger as you're getting older Ooh. you know what i'm saying and i feel like that's I'll the way that. to live Hell yeah. you know what i mean that's the way to live you can go one way or the other and i feel like to open up your possibilities and become lighter on yourself but you can only do that if you have a strong foundation to stand on you know and what the privilege is to be able to do this but i feel like it's like damn that's rad you all have like a lot of like deep skills and you have a lot of confidence because you've accomplished like some very serious stuff in your life and you're like being willing to be brave and explorative in this moment when a lot of people actually just like hunker down but yeah, getting younger as you get older. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Benjamin, button it up. Yeah. <laughs> we were hanging out last night and Kat was like, I can't wait to get older. Do you remember, I don't you remember that last night? You're like, I'm going to be a silver fox. I'm going to be oh, enjoying yeah. I have a whole vision time. of me at 70 and <laughs> yeah. I'm so Yo. excited to get there. Age. We want to just ask what's on your mind right now. What's really exciting is that y'all are building this community now and you're building this business now. And you've done so much with your community so far, but I also know that y'all have big aspirations and dreams for what comes next. And that's like not always a linear or like easy thing to figure out. So yeah, what's happening right now? What are what's on your mind? What are you trying to figure out? I have two things I'm thinking about. Many more things, but two things that I'll talk about. One is making money. Mm -hmm. For Slanted as a business, we want to be sustainable. We want to pay our people. We don't want to ask for services or have people work for free or for exposure. That's bullshit. And so Christy and I have done so much amazing work this week in New York about our business model and how we can make this sustainable. Great. And I guess that leads into my second thing, which is how can we make this sustainable for us as mm -hmm. leaders? Because Christy and I are really fucking tired right now. We're wearing shirts from the Cosmos yeah. that say, fuck, I'm tired. Yeah. Also, by the way, I realized each of us is wearing a Friends Communities t-shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you guys are both wearing Cosmos shirts. I'm wearing a Hoop York City shirt, which is a basketball team my it friend organizes. Sucked. And you have a Movement Lifestyle shirt on, which yeah. is your friend's dance like studio yeah, and community. Yeah, dance studio, dance community. Yeah, anyway, we don't need to buy anybody else's shirts. We're buying Friends shirts that, only that, up in here. Just, Shine just, theory let's, forever. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's something beautiful. We're not all wearing our own shirts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Way that's, better. Yeah. You're each other's like biggest hype people yeah. I feel like I mean I'm gonna give a shout out to Cassandra and to Jojo Parker our number one first member mm -hmm. every time someone mentions Slanted they're like have you heard of this organization these blah 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 I'm like oh my god they're I better sales people than we are yeah Sometimes. they're way better and yeah. we do that with them too and that's another thing about our community is like how can we also show up for ourselves in a way that like we are amplifying our own work too yeah no, okay, you guys are just forming an epic Voltron. <laughs> this is what's happening. You guys are like, I, I'm never going to toot my own horn, but I have 700 people tooting it yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, well, tell us what's, your, what's on your mind, Christy. My, well, obviously how to make money, but I'm really thinking about company culture. Mm. You know, Kat and I are the first two full-time members on this team, which is super exciting, but I want to bring the rest of the team on with us. And mm. part of it makes me think like, how do we build that culture that really shatters the fucking patriarchal corporate like life that we all lived before and make a company culture that helps people thrive, helps people flourish, helps people feel loved and supported and gets them to be vulnerable. And I mean, we're still trying to figure out how to be the best kind of leaders that yeah. we can be. But 
then how do we like make that reverberate like with our company and with the people that we bring on? Because really the magic only happens for us because of our team. Yeah. Um, there's no way we could do it without them. And so it's like, how do we build a place that's just like, they can't wait to come to yeah. work with us every single mm. day. And they can't wait to like evangelize and tell everyone else to join the cause. And I'm excited about that. I have no idea what it's going to look like, but... I want to build that out so badly. You both mentioned money, building a sustainable business. The truth is that you could, you could just go, you know what, open source, this is a side project and like it will be beautiful and we're just going to like let this scale and do its own thing, right? And then there's this other camp to be binary about it where you're like, I'm going to build a business and it's not the same thing as just building a community. I got to like figure out this business. How did you decide to do that and why make that decision? Because I, I think some people waver between the two. For me, it was circumstantial. So I right now do freelance marketing work to help pay the bills since we're still figuring out how Slanted can become sustainable. But my last nine to five was at a startup that just really wasn't a right fit for me culturally and work-life balance wise. And so I left that job really abruptly and I found myself at a turning point. I was like, do I find another nine to five and do another marketing job for someone else? Or do I go off onto my own and pursue a career and a lifestyle that I've always wanted for myself? And I'm very risk tolerant and I'm very individualistic and a little bit of a rebel. So for me, I was like, of course, I'm going to work for myself. And of course, I'm going to try this. And so for me, it was like something happened in my life and I decided to go for it. And on the opposite side, I am a very risk averse. (laughs) And Kat, this is why we're we're great partners, because (laughs) she's pushed me to dream a little bit bigger and to take a chance on myself. And I'm gonna start crying. Yeah. So I just quit my job in May. Uh, My first day. Thank you. My first day outside of corporate America was June 1st. I got on a plane and I flew to San Francisco and spent a whole week with Kat working on our partnership and working on our business. And I mean, the reason why I took the leap was I saw her do it. And I was like, I have some confidence that we can do this. I have confidence in the vision that we're building together as a team. But then I also remember just like self-check. I want to wake up excited in the morning. Like I want, I know every day is not going to be easy and it's not always going to be fun. I really feel passionate about what we're doing. And so like I have a, my first tattoo on my arm says the days are long, but the years are short. And it's from the happiness project. And yeah. I got that tattooed on me after I left my first job because I was waking up every morning crying because I didn't like what I was doing. And I was like, you know what? I should not be wasting my time doing things that don't wake me up and make me feel alive. And I loved the job I was before I quit for Slanted. I was doing brand strategy. I really love that stuff, but it wasn't what was making me feel alive. And seeing and feeling the magic of our community like really gave me that final push to be like, nope, this is what I want to spend my time doing. People roll out hard to your guys' events. <laughs> and, you know, that I'm always like, people can measure numbers, but they do a bad job of measuring heat and energy. Mm. And, you know, we just don't really know how to do that. Like, kind of thank God, because that would be creepy. And you can roll out or uh, yeah, you can roll yeah. out. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, with cultural stuff, you're always looking for the heat and where people are bringing like tons of energy. And I feel like that's what you guys have that you're seeing, you know, and that's what you're taking, taking the bet on. But I think that's a good sign. Y'all have like gotten to hear, hear so many different stories. Like whether they're printed, whether they're shared at your events, any really strongly stand out to you as like an example of a story that you've heard because Slanted exists and something that really made you feel proud that you made this space? I actually think it's all the personal stories of growth within our own team. One who's now in Singapore, she's like still a family member by extension. She grew up in Virginia and in a very white neighborhood. And she told a story about how 
you know, in college, she really didn't want to flaunt any of her Asianness. She actually really wanted to hide it. She would go to Asian restaurants with her friends who happened to be white. And she would pretend not to know how to use chopsticks because she was like, that's too Asian. And I don't want to be seen as Asian. And then, you know, turn around, she, we meet at my first corporate job and we become friends. And, you know, I loop her in, I draft her into, yeah. into our team. And she's like, wow, this is really interesting. Like I'm surrounded by Asian people and suddenly I'm really curious curious about Asian culture. And she said a turning point for her was she was living in New York at the time. She had some friends who were white who were in town visiting and she took them to her favorite Taiwanese restaurant. And she was so proud to like yell out all these different traditional Taiwanese dishes and speak in Chinese. And she was like proudly showing them like how to use chopsticks. And she was just like, yeah, like I didn't really think that I would ever feel proud to be Asian American. Mm. And to me, that's like a huge like 180 transformation. And she credits that to Slanted, which I feel so honored to be a part of when I think of that. It's like, wow, we can really help someone reclaim a part of themselves Mm. that they've been afraid of or ashamed of for so long. And I was also going to call out a team story from one of our social media interns. So she's still in school right now. And she said that she started working with Slanted soon after she came out to her parents as queer. Mm. And it's inspired her to take a non-traditional path. And since she's still in college, I am so shocked by how wise and sage she is. It took me a couple years after school to realize that, oh, I don't have to you know, be a typical lawyer, doctor, accountant that most tiger parents want their Asian American kids to be. And so our intern, which I don't like saying intern because I feel like that has a little bit of a derogatory meaning because our interns are incredible and they teach us every day so much about ourselves. She's realizing that as she's in college. And so I'm just shocked at how we've been able to sort of accelerate that journey of personal growth for people. I'm just really impressed by the generation below us and how much they're going to change the world and how we're just all growing together. And it's so wonderful to see. Yeah. There's this quote in this writer who's a queer woman who said that the moment of queer pride is when you refuse to let someone else's shame of you make you feel ashamed of yourself. And that transition, when you can take it and say, actually, that thing that I used to be ashamed of is now something I am proud of. It is so powerful. And it's interesting because I see young queer people doing that so much sooner and so much faster than I was able to. And I, I like that idea of being like, can we just get people there sooner? <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, like spend, let's take five years of like shame or like that. Like I'm not going to use chopsticks. Yeah. That's like such a bummer. Chopsticks are the best thing. <laughs> They're so functional. They're elevated. You're picking things up. You're not stabbing things. Yeah. Like it's very elevated. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I want to give y'all a quick chance to kind of ask for anything that you need. So, you know, if I could give you a magic wand to wave and ask for something to benefit, you know, the future of Slanted or what you're working on, what's coming up and uh, what would you ask for? We are launching some really big, exciting things this fall. <laughs> and we want to reintroduce ourselves to the world as more than just a magazine. And we also want to show people that we want them to build this community with us. So keep your eyes peeled for that big news. You can follow us on social currently at Slanted Media. Yeah. Just in general, if anybody wants to like raise raise their hand, y'all have an email address or something that they could fire off to or hello at slanted.media. So S-L-A-N-T-D dot media. Right. And if you're in New York City, in any other cities too? Denver, San Francisco and L.A. Yeah. Hit us up. Hell yeah. yeah. Rad. All right. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Woo. 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 <laughs>
If you want to get involved with Slanted, you can just check out their website or follow them on Instagram. They have an exceptional Rad Instagram account. Instagram. Bailey, if you were to start a magazine, what would that magazine be about? Oh, my God. Well, you know, I always had this dream of starting a magazine for gay women called Hazy Jane. It's wonderful. It's been sitting deep in the recesses of my mind. I love how there's a name for, <laughs> for it. For months. And it's just basically a straight ripoff of Hello, Mister, which Ryan yeah. Fitzgibbon started, <laughs> but for girls so yeah. uh, or women who love women. Yeah. But yeah, I have thought about that. Or I don't know, I'd make a, I'm always the same thing. I feel like I'd make like a zine of, of you know, interesting facts about WNBA players. Wow. It's just always WNBA players up in here. What you got, Kev? Oh, you know, I would make a magazine that's actually a time capsule where you, it's a magazine, (laughs) it's a zine that you open and on the pages there are like prompts and stuff that you fill out and then you send it back and then we'll send it back to you 20 years later. Oh, wow. God, (laughs) you're, God. Kevin's answers are always so good. All right. That's one of those things where I start answering before I actually know what I'm saying. Oh, great. Well, it works out well for you. you Okay, cool. You want to tell these homies about us? Oh, sure. If you want to learn more about us, go to our website, peopleand.company, peopleand.company. It's a .company, not a .com. .company. Also, our book, Get Together, is on Amazon. Just go in there. You can search Get Together or Get together book or you can go to the website gettogetherbook.com it's full of stories and learnings from conversations with community leaders like christy and kat and i don't know i like to say that it, it, it's actionable it's about you know if you really wanted to start a community what would you need to do you know like what what is the first thing you probably figure out who your people are and you probably should figure out what you do together and so i like the idea that it's you know it's action oriented yeah we don't spend too much time on the why we spend time on the how <laughs> let's go in this book yeah you can also send us an email at hi at peopleand.company. And oh, last thing, feel free to uh, review this podcast. Feel free to. Or, you know, subscribe. Yeah, totally. What's up, brother? Yeah. Someone's staring at us through this yeah. window. We just got like a rock on symbol <laughs> from a 13-year-old. Um, but yeah, feel free to subscribe or review our podcast. It really helps us if you like it. Thank was, you very much. That was the most badass hello. I this, know. He just stone window. cold, like steel faced us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks cool. for listening. See ya. This episode of Get Together is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Thanks. Thanks.